already have stage fright. Don't worry, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So happy Friday, nerds. Uh, welcome to the pilot episode of Opticians Unhinged. I am your host, Iris. And Lucia. uh and today we're going to tell you about who we are what brought us to podcasting and what you can expect from us um so first things first what you think what what we think you can expect from us uh yeah um you know we're unpredictable (laughs) yeah uh so uh again my name is iris i am an op Optician, uh, turned eyeglass designer out of coastal North Carolina. I am not licensed, but I'm working on it. So don't come for me. Um, <laughs> uh, Lucia, why don't you tell me a little bit more about you? So my name is Lucia and I'm also not licensed. Um, but I do love glasses and yeah, so I love glasses. I love selling glasses. <laughs> I'm a glasses salesperson turned um, to counselor. Uh, Do you think that maybe dealing with crazy patients is what drove you to this point? (laughs) Have you ever stopped to wonder that? (laughs) I think the hours of free counseling while I was selling glasses turned me into a counselor. (laughs) There's so many hours. Uh, I think ever since I got started in optometry was when I actually started noticing that I'm a little bit more of a therapist than I realized I was and how much of that's actually just placating somebody where it's like, no, this actually is not wrong. This is a hundred percent you, but let me find a polite way to say that. <laughs> um, yes. So weird question i was thinking about this earlier whenever i was getting ready to sit here on a camera uh what do you think if you can even recall was the first pair of glasses that you saw where you were like oh my god these are so fabulous and now i love everything glasses you're gonna laugh you're gonna laugh okay so the very first pair of glasses that i fell in love with that I never owned, never owned, I sold like 20 or 30 of them, but I never owned them, was a pair of Scott Harris. And they were kind of like round and catty, teal at the front with like the stripes, yellow and teal stripes on the side. Um, I never owned them because they were too big for my face. Oh no! What were... eye size was it? Do you remember? Amazing. I think it was like a fifty-four. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> also, I didn't know enough about glasses to know that I could probably pull it off. Um, I should have made them sunglasses. Oh. I was like, yeah, those are awesome, and I sold a lot of them because I was showing them to pretty much everybody. <laughs> Th- that's so crazy because that's like one of those more inexpensive brands. Yeah. Uh, but I do have to give it like Scott Harris had like some pretty solid little designs and some of the colors and stuff. I, I actually really did like that brand. I'll probably always like that brand. Um, yeah. I think for me, 
so when I was doing integrations with med, uh, I ended up in Macon and the practice that we were integrating down in Macon, Georgia, it was a big practice. I think there was like four or five doctors on staff there. Um, and their, their showroom had been completely handpicked by the opticians that they had there. And then naturally we show up, we rip everything out and replace it with the garbage that we sold. And um, in the process, we ended up marking down all of their inventory because we never mm -hmm. really sent much back. We would just discount it. And there was... Uh, I think they were MCM and that was a frame that I did not buy. Like even with the 50% off, it was still really expensive. Um, but it was so astronomically gaudy and very European. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like this thing's like a piece of art. Um, but then while I was down there and marking all of these frames down, I ended up buying a whole bunch of them and then held on to them for a long time until I could just start putting lenses in them. So the next thing you know, I'm leaving that office with probably like 10 or 15 different pairs of glasses. And actually that same day that I was marking them all down and digging, digging out the ones I wanted, um, was the day that I decided that one day I'm going to make my own eyeglass line, except at the time I was calling it something completely different. Uh, it was like Jimmy Buffett inspired concept and I was going to call it paradise, but it was spelled parrot eyes. And ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, the brand, the brand <laughs> concept. It's evolved a lot. I think I wanted yeah. back then to like, focus on sunglasses that were very tropical and then I could go and hustle them at Jimmy Buffett concerts because Jimmy Buffett has like a huge <laughs> fan base called parrot heads and they'll go oh. and like tailgate outside of wherever he's going to be having a concert and they'll just like live out there and just tailgate with one another and wear all of their Hawaiian garb and whatnot. It's like a cult for Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> but yeah, that that was the concept started off as a joke and now it's very slowly evolving into the real thing. Yeah, I when I started optical, that person that trained me looked at me and said, I want you to go through every single board and find one pair that you would wear. Or one pair that if you could morph your face to fit, you would wear. And so I did. Um, so I had a pair for each board. Uh, but that Scott Harris, man, it was, it was <laughs> dope. It was dope. It reminded yeah. me of the... Um, Alice in Wonderland cat on the side, the tail Whoa. of the cat. Yeah, like, like that. And it came in purple and purple and yellow. And then it also oh. came in teal with the size that was teal and yellow. So, yeah, I really like that. Pair. I bet you that was pretty, though. That was probably like yeah. a really good color combination. Yeah. Oh, man. So, what was There's the first so many pair of glasses pieces. that you owned? knowing what you were doing 
that you can look back at those pictures and be like, oh yeah, that was a good pair. So honestly, uh, I think it is my Swarovski sunglasses. Um, they're black and they were just like filled with blue, like bright blue and black little crystals, like little Swarovski crystals everywhere. And then uh, after I bought those, which I only got those for $25, I bought those and then I put my prescription in them and I slapped the blue mirror on the lenses and I still get so many compliments on those um because after i sold my house they got packed up and they disappeared for a while and then resurfaced i was like oh there you are so now i'm back to rocking those for a little while until i get bored of them again um but there's those and then i have a pair of fendi sunglasses that i have not put my prescription in yet partly because i can't find people to do my lenses the way that i want them to but it was this metal cat eye and like the metal was like open around the edges and there's like a little tiny like triangle of color in the corner and then the lens was round and hand painted like almost like a coral color around the outside of the lens um so I could definitely put my prescription in there, except I don't know very many labs that offer like the hand painted edges and the hand painted edge is really what makes that frame look as good as it does. Right. Um, so I just save that for when I'm wearing contacts and want to make a good impression. Yes. But those were probably my two favorites. Um, so how did you get to where you're at? how did you get into glasses? into like making the glasses or into optometry okay so the optical um that's actually like a really interesting story um i had lost a job and as you know it came out of a very unconventional line of work and despite having 10 years of management experience doing that line of work nobody wanted to hire me it was either I'm overqualified for the job that I'm applying for. And I'm like, well, I've got bills to pay. So I really, I, I, I just need a job. And, and uh, I was applying for everything. What do they call that? Like rage applying now? Um, <laughs> there's a term for that. <laughs> so uh, I ended up applying for a job as a receptionist working for America's Best. And when the lady gave me my interview, she was like, uh, so why do you want this job? And by this point, I'd taken 20 or 30 interviews. And I'm like slowly losing money in my bank account with no money coming back in. I was not approved for uh, any unemployment. So I was panicking. So she gives me this interview and in the interview, I'm like, look, uh, I'm a really hard worker. Uh, I learn very quickly and, uh, you know, I'm a grown woman and I have bills to pay and I want this job because I don't want to go into debt. And 
<laughs> in this interview. Right. And I was, I was like, you know, I'm definitely like, I could be doing a lot more than just front desk, but right now I just really need a job. And I told her about how I thought nobody wanted to hire me because of the industry I had worked in prior. And she was like, you know, that's crazy that you mentioned that. Um, because whenever I got into optical, uh, I came out of that same industry and I was having the <laughs> same problem. And she's like, nobody, nobody took me seriously. Nobody wanted to hire me. And the guy that gave me my interview took a chance on me. And now, you know, here I am. And I think she was like the, like an area or regional manager. And uh, she's like, so I think it's just my time to pay it forward. And she said the only thing is that she thought that I was overqualified to sit at a front desk and that she thought I would be better on the floor. So they gave me like a crash course in everything optical um, because the location I was going to work at was a new location here in town and I was going to be one of the people opening that location. So the entire staff was new so they got like a hotel uh, conference room for a few days and we all went in and took this crash course in optometry and went from there. And that, that was how I got into it. Uh, I still find it a little bit funny because whenever I took that interview, you know, initially it was this is just a front desk position. I'm only going to be here for a short period of time until I can find something that pays me more money that I actually want to do. Um, and I still was only there a short time. I think I was barely there a year before I ended up leaving and then going on to the next thing because I just didn't like their patient structure. It just felt like a little bit like a ticket in a deli line. Next. <laughs> so right. yeah it wasn't it wasn't my idea of patient care but I don't think I'd be where I am if it wasn't for that company and like their little crash course they did have a great training yeah. program I do have to right. give them that right. so just for the people that don't know on the floor that phrase on the floor means being actively selling glasses after you know you've gotten a prescription <laughs> you call it an optician <laughs> uh if you want a technical term but some licensed opticians get very sensitive on calling non-licensed opticians opticians but i'm not going to go through a gamut of 20 different names because depending on where you work <laughs> it's something different i wear specialist yeah. um frame Oh God, what was that one? There was something with a frame that I saw somewhere. I was like, okay, well, that's a pretty cool name. But yeah, they'll, they'll call you everything <laughs> except what, what you are. Uh, so we what call ourselves opticians okay. just to make it simple for the people that are in yes. the industry. <laughs> so yes. That are not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for the patients listening, uh, those right. people that fit your glasses that actually allow you to see those are your yes. opticians. The optometrist is the one that gives you your prescription. <laughs> right. Right. I just want to make sure that our terms are understood. Um, Same. So how long ago was that? So uh, I 
pretty sure I got started uh, with America's Best in either 2013 or 2014. I think it was 2014. Uh So almost 10 years collectively. Okay. What about you? I started (laughs) um, in 2016. I started 2016. Uh, I, I, I was working as a office manager for a jewelry store um and after having really bad boss basically um i ended up doing a consecutive 26 hour shift 26 Uh, hours consecutively uh how like yep okay wait 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 did you take a nap in a break room nope. anywhere? Like, I have to nope. know. <laughs> no, um, we were having a inventory, but the person that was above me didn't trust anyone else to do the inventory, even though it was supposed to be everybody doing it. Um, so as the office manager, I had to scan in and count every single piece of inventory in that store. And it took me 26 hours. Uh, yeah. So where was this boss and why were they not <laughs> helping you? Oh, he was there uh, on and off. He came back and forth. Um, but anyways, uh, so the next day I gave him my notice. I was like, I don't have a backup job, but I'm not doing this job anymore. Thank you. Yeah. No thanks. Goodbye. Um, so I quit and I got a job as a sales manager for a UFC gym, which was a lot oh. of fun. I, I enjoyed working there. Uh, I only worked there for a few months. It was the pay was terrible and but it was a lot of fun. So I was working there when I got a LinkedIn thing from um, a company saying, hey, do you want to apply for this job? And I was like, I don't even know what the word optometry is. (laughs) So I had to Google it. Uh, And all I knew was that somewhere in a medical field of some sort, um, and I'm always open for new things. So I was like, sure, I'll take the interview. So I got the interview and... The recruiter really liked me, so they called me back for a second interview, and I got the job. <laughs> now, that was up in so, uh, Virginia Beach, right? That was up in Virginia Beach. Yep. I had no idea what I was saying yes to. I think um, they got impressed by the fact that whenever I went in for the second interview, there were some glasses that were, like, tilting weird on the board, so I was, like, fixing them. <laughs> Because you know, it's sad that that's uh, that's impressive to people. (laughs) You fix things, right? Like I'm waiting. I'm not doing anything, so I'm gonna fix. Oh my gosh, you're gonna fix something whenever you (laughs) don't even have to. Imagine what you would do if we paid you. (laughs) Right. I, I when I left that interview, I called my husband and I was like, "I'm not gonna get that job. I think I just." killed that interview that was the worst interview of my life but i still got it now the next question is do you think that 
you have any regrets on working in the industry for as long as you did? No, absolutely none. Nice. Uh, I definitely think that despite all of the stress and all of the headaches that I went through in, in my rise and eventual fall in the industry that I think that that's really what drove me to being like, this isn't what I want to do. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I think it's, um, important to note that. I still love the industry. Um, I am going to, I am in the process of becoming a biblical counselor. um, And my vision for that is got nothing to do with glasses. Um, But the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I really do enjoy glasses. And I mean, all things I, you know, so it's a fa- it's um, a fascinating field. It's yeah. finding people that are actually passionate about it, especially after working in that field for years at a time, they get really burnt out on it. And I didn't want to get so burnt out on something that I otherwise really loved. I feel like my glasses define who I am. And, you know, then you came along and you're like, ah, oh, I get it. Glasses are great. <laughs> <laughs> But then it's they like, are. actually, I think I care less about the eyeball and the actual lenses and more about the frame. Don't get me wrong. I love lenses. They're, they're great. They're fascinating. But yeah, it's definitely the frames for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The frames, the frames do it. Um, so how about home life? Who are you? Oh, at, at home? home. Who are you Hot outside mess. of? hot mess so uh i'm getting married eventually uh over this past weekend (laughs) over this past weekend uh the dream wedding in hawaii has kind of collapsed uh but we're figuring it out uh yeah there's not really any rush for either of us like we know it's going to happen it's an inevitable thing it's just more so when um mm-hmm. we were serious that we we want to have you do it and <laughs> um but i am now a stepmom to four kids two mm-hmm. well as of tomorrow i'll have two adults so we've got Woo-hoo. A 20-year-old and then our 18-year-old, she'll be 18 tomorrow, uh, a 16-year-old, and then uh, our youngest will be nine at the end of next month. <clears throat> and okay, that that is honestly probably the most rewarding part of my little world, uh, even though it really stresses me out. Um, <laughs> You know, I I don't want to say it's culture shock, but that would be like the best, almost becoming like an overnight mom. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out how to do it. I I always question if I'm doing it right, if I'm doing it wrong, is this the best way to do it? But Mm -hmm. I see the kids actually improving and they're happier and they're more functional. The fact that, you know, three out of the four have jobs now and, graduated high school and 
are becoming the little individuals that they are, it, it does make me feel really good because they're improving behaviorally as well as like cognitively. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, I'm neurotic and very eccentric. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, but I, I somehow managed to keep that together into a functional format. <laughs> what about, uh, what about you? Tell us about your home life. Um, I have four kids, uh, back in 2010, we decided to homeschool. Um, so I have homeschooled for gazillion years. Um, I've got two graduates and i've got two girls that are still in high school evelyn's in high school this year it's so exciting um oh my gosh i know i still look at her as such a little baby <laughs> right um so yeah so they're doing good and uh my husband and i last year decided that it was time for me to look at what I was going to do past uh, the girls being graduated and counseling is something that I've always wanted to do at some point when I was, you know, a teenager out of high school, I went in and signed up in college to be a psychologist and uh, kind of ditched all my classes, but still made an A plus. <laughs> So, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Psych 101, I think I went to that class like twice. <laughs> Still got uh, a 98. So, so did you have to like study your butt off for like your tests and stuff because you weren't taking the classes in person? No. <laughs> no? Okay. I, I read the book, um, but because I'm passionate about um all things human brain and human soul um i didn't have to like really like deep dive study um so i read it and it all made sense and i aced it um but then i didn't continue with it uh and counseling has always been it's always been a part of who i am you know i i find myself most of the time um talking to people and i end up being like the, the mom of everybody and i try to help people however way i can through some tough love because i'm very honest and in your face kind of person um yes you are you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, i, I'm I not... know this for a fact <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh I'm not for everybody because I am so in your face, but the good thing about that I think is that you know where you stand with me and you're not going to get any um mincing of words when it comes to me. So uh so about a year ago, I'm I was um working with you and I had this epiphany, if you will, that I should go back to school and become a counselor. And I remember turning my chair around and going, oh, I think God just told me I need to become a counselor. 
And your reaction was, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was really cool. Um, and right now I am in the process of doing my supervised hours, uh, hoping to be done with that within the next few months. Uh, and I'm going to be able to focus on God and helping people and which is what I really like to do. I think that you need to tell everybody that's listening how, how great you just slayed this course in the amount of time <laughs> that you did. Somebody needs to know this. It needs to be some sort of like Guinness record that this chick finished this school as fast as she did. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So it started as an idea, um, at the beginning of the summer last year. So 2022 and you were the first one to know about it. Cause like I said, I was working when this idea came to mind. Uh, and then Can you tell me about that idea too, by the way, like I, I remember the day, but like, when you say like, it just kind of hit you, like, I think I need to do this. Like, what was that moment like for you? Um, it was really weird. I was, uh, neutralizing glasses. <laughs> so it wasn't like I was doing some, you know, like, oh. this, uh, this prescription no is so difficult. Quiet. I need to tell people about their brains. <laughs> like God said, I don't well, need to be uh, reading these lenses. No, I just, you know, I, I was doing what I do all the time, which is, you know, if I'm doing some mundane thing, I'm praying, because um, that's just who I am. So I was praying, and I really felt like God was like, it, it's time for you to become a counselor. And I was like, counselor? Not a psychologist? What does that even mean? And I turned around, and I talked to you about it, and you were like, yeah, you should totally do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, you know... As a series of events, um, I started talking to different people. I have a friend that lives in Pittsburgh, and I told her about it. And she's like, girl, I'm doing it. Let me hook you up with the school, and this is how it's supposed to look like. This is what it looks like. Blah, blah. And she gave me all the information, so I didn't even have to do a lot of research. And, like, everything kind of just fell in my lap. Um, and then they told me, that it was a two-year program, <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Um, so the company that I was going to get my license through um, had, like, a list of things. You know, you have to do this many classes. You have to read this many books. Um, so when I found all that out, I started buying the books and reading the books um, and taking classes instead of just taking the fall and then the spring and then the fall and then the spring <clears throat> I took fall winter spring summer classes so what was supposed to take me two years uh, and then you're supposed to do the reading then the exams and then you practice um so that was all supposed to take two years I finished it in one year so that is so impressive <laughs> Actually, I'm not even at the year mark yet uh, because I started I was gonna my say, classes. I don't even think it's been a full year. September. Yeah. So September was the official starting of classes. 
Um, but because I had, I made the decision I was going to go forward with it in like August. So I had like a, a month to do nothing. So instead of doing nothing, I bought books. Look at my book collection now. Um, Is that all of the books that you had to read? The, these are all of the books. Okay, so this bottom shelf is all the totally read books. This top shelf yeah. is the partly read books, um, which is basically like I've skimmed through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I still have a list of books that I need to purchase because, you know, I like to know what there is. Now, you're, how many hours do you have left doing like your supervised? Uh, you're doing like supervised so stuff I'm right doing now, supervised right? counseling. Yeah, I just started that this month. Um, I have about 40 hours left. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at the beginning stages of that process, but my testing is done. All my studying is done. Um, I'm so jealous of you that everything fell into your lap and you had a structure to you changing your life. Uh, whereas I yeah, feel like I I've it. been, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even whenever it went bad, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like as catastrophically bad as you, as it could have been. Like it kind of, I think it was supposed to happen for you. Oh yeah. Uh, Like I definitely think that, but you know, you've got a class structure and Hey, here's what you need to read. And here's the timeline. And if you need any help, here's people I'm trying to break into an industry full of people that don't want to share anything. Um, It's like, every time I need help, I get, I actually get less confident. I get more confused every time I reach out for help. Um, and there's no, no curriculum that teaches it except for that school in France, uh, which that's right. like end game for me. That is my retirement plan a hundred percent. But until I start actually getting an income, um, I'm not going to be able to even consider that, but you know, that's, that's my, my big goal is to get all of that under my belt. And then I would be a master journeyman of our trade and then it's globally recognized and I could start teaching other people how to make glasses and things like that, which technically I could do now, but I'm not anywhere near as confident as I wish that I was at this stage in the game, but it's still early. You know, it's, it's been a year so far. Let me see. I left, I left work at it like early, early November of 2022. So ever since then, it's been constantly reading and I spend hours and hours and hours like before committing to supply purchases and stuff like that. I just trying to make sure I'm saving as much money as I can where I can. I did get noticed this morning that my, uh, my wedding dress has shipped along with all of my acetates. Yay! Um, 
So those are on the way. Uh, the only thing I'm still waiting on are those two pieces of equipment for me to shoot the temple, uh, like the core into the temple. Um, but our laser printer is set up now. So now I can at least try to work with metal uh, uh-huh. by, by cutting it out on the laser. And I can engrave my temples. So if I want to have something on the temples on the inside, then you can see that. Uh, and they'll be, uh, better quality because they'll have, they'll have the core. So, and it's, it's actual cellulose acetate. It's not like some, like some online retailers. (laughs) So yeah. That's a different episode. (laughs) That's a whole other episode. (laughs) That's a whole thing. Uh, That's a whole thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I am still in the process of getting my website set up, but uh, I did set up my Instagram and I think I still need to set up a TikTok. It's amazing how many different places I have to set accounts up for. And then yeah. to to boot, I'm like, let's do a podcast. Let mm-hmm. me just add one more thing onto my plate that I have no idea how to do. Definitely. Uh, so I, I am really hoping that this pans out. Uh, if not, I'm just going to start podcasting about I don't even know what uh, until I eventually nail a podcast that that works for for people to listen to. I have a lot of knowledge that I need to share with people. OK. <laughs> oh, and, and then there's the stained glass stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing that in addition to the glasses. Only because all of the kids are really into learning how to do it. Uh, there's a really, there's a great piece sitting on the counter right now that, that uh, Dominic did of a starfish. And then he was like, I'm going to go off script and add more to it. So it's like a starfish with like a blue background. And it looks like it's just floating in the water. So it's Aww. really pretty. Yeah. Um, I printed off a whole bunch of stuff earlier that I think I want to try to to work on while I'm waiting on all that acetate. Did you hang up your taco? No, it's sitting right here on my desk. Oh, man. Where are you going to put that? I don't know. That's why I haven't put it up anywhere. Because it is right here. Taco! Look at that taco! (laughs) (laughs) oh man it could definitely be be better but you know considering i intentionally did it wrong i think it turned out okay it's great i love my my taco you know i put a lot of love into that it lives right here until i know where it's gonna go i think Um, that i i should just make you a collection of food-based stained glass and you should just hang it in your kitchen windows (laughs) Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, I do like food. Um, Who doesn't? So, what are you hoping for on the Chalaska, this podcast? So, uh, I've thought about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, as you know, I have a lot of feelings about everything big box optical uh i don't think that big box opticals are 
great career plans for people that want to be considered professionals in this industry. And I don't think that a lot of the people that are in big box opticals are necessarily there for their patients. Um, I want patients that shop big box optical because I know, especially now uh, with the cost of living in general, that some people can't afford to go to a private practice or a boutique and spend hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars on a singular pair of glasses. And, you know, I want to make sure that people that are entering this field know what to expect in the instance that they do end up there uh, or that patients that shop there know what they're getting for their money um, and how to make like a better decision about where you go to be seen because uh, you know I think private practice is going to be better for people that have uh, severe eye problems like glaucoma or macular degeneration and things like that where if you go to a big box optical, I feel like those doctors are so overwhelmed with volume of patients. You know, they're seeing patients every 10 or 15 minutes that they're not, they're not really diving into the medical part of it as much as they should. And for, you know, people who are in their 20s that don't have major problems, that's great for them. Um, but as you get older, you need to you need to know that there is a definite difference in what your eye exam could look like. Um, I also want to be able to like start networking with other eyeglass designers and other mm -hmm. industry professionals to bring a lot more recognition to this industry. There are some amazing artists out there. Um, and even some amazing practices. Whenever I was taking the class up in Chicago, uh, one of the women that was taking the class alongside me is an optometrist and she's got a really cute little, um, optometry practice, I think in Connecticut, if I can remember correctly, I follow her on Instagram. I'll have to double check it, but, um, you know, and this was, I think the second time that she had made her own frames and stuff like that. And she's got a, a great following. I actually see her being published and stuff now. Um, so it, it's cool to see her journey and know like, oh, man, I learned this alongside her. And I think that that was pretty neat. And that really made me want to be able to branch out and talk with other people. And the most important part for me is that you and I can still continue having our working relationship because in the time since I've left our last place that, uh, I definitely have missed the normalcy of it all. You know, you, you were a big part of my day every day for ever. <laughs> and, you know, I miss coming in and having like surprise coffee or surprise snacks. And then we would, you know, do our coffee press and be the little bougie women that we were and did our own thing. So yeah, that for me is, is crucial. And, you know, this is an opportunity for both of us to get our individual brands and businesses up and going and have a face or a voice attached to it where it's like, Oh, okay, well these are informed people and whatever. So Yeah. What about you? I want the public to be informed. Um, mm -hmm. 
that that is my thing. Um, I want to pe for people to be able to make a decision. I'm gonna spend thousands of dollars on this brand because A, B, C, and D. Um, right. Or no, I'm just gonna spend a couple hundred bucks because A, B, C, and D. You know. Um, right. I I want people to be able to make those decisions based on information and not mm -hmm. based on, you know, uh, pushy salespeople that are needing to meet a quota or, um, you know, the influence of my friend that thinks knows everything. You know, I want people oh to be able to know what they're getting and why. Um, I'm, I have nothing against, you know, hundred dollar pair of glasses and I have nothing against a thousand dollar pair of glasses mm -hmm. as long as you know what you're getting into and why um and I also want to be able to give some credit where credit's due you know you have non-licensed opticians that really spend a lot of time researching what they're going to be putting on their sales floors so that mm -hmm. patients have great options um but then patients feel like oh they're just being pushy when they're really just trying to inform um so because i'm not in the industry at all anymore mm -hmm. i think it's i'm coming in with a non-bias um that i think it's going to be beneficial to people because you know i it to me because i'm not in the business it doesn't matter anymore whether you right. buy, you know, X or Z, it's literally just, I want people to know what they're buying and why. So that's my goal. And to hang out with you because you're pretty awesome. <laughs> I try um, so hard. Right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that's what's in it for me is just knowing that maybe one person will listen to one of our podcasts and be more informed buyer. And I, I definitely think, um, you know, for more so like the, the patients and new to optical people um, mm -hmm. that they do understand, depending on where you go, that there is an extreme amount of influence over the person helping you with their glasses um, to get you to buy as much as you can or get it, get you to buy from them that place that you're at. Um, and I, we could do an entire episode on, you know, what to expect in environments like that. Um, right. so, um, so, uh, I do think that that will eventually be a topic of discussion, um, only because, we've both seen both sides of that and we've experienced it. We found things about it that we don't like as well as things that we love. But, you know, there's a point where I definitely feel if you're not careful, you are sacrificing your own dignity to do things to keep your job or to make the money that you need to make to survive and I don't think that that should come at the cost of your own sanity or at the expense of the patient's wallet. 
And, you know, it's easy to fall into this, this trap where you're trying to do what's right, but you also are just trying to do what you can. So you don't end up with somebody in your face asking you a million questions why that happened. So I, I do think somewhere down the line, I do want for us to touch on those topics and hopefully I'm going to save something like that for when we have more followers who can really actually engage in that and give, yeah. I, I would even want to listen to some of their own experiences and, and mm -hmm. be an outlet for people to vent to man, because sometimes you, you can't even talk to HR about these things anymore. They don't care. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. So um, I think uh, we'll wrap it for today and whatever, but this, uh, this is who we are and this is what we're about. And I'm glad that we're finally getting this ball moving on this. It feels like it took forever, but um, I do think we've got a great list of topics started. I'm always trying to add to it anytime I see something new. And then, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing this. Uh, we'll be releasing every Friday. That's the plan. Um, we're going to try to drop three episodes uh, whenever we start. So that way you guys have got plenty of stuff to listen to um yeah lulu do you have anything else to say so um this is us we're opticians we're unhinged <laughs> we're yes. a little crazy um uh, but we're very honest and you will get truth and yes. real and mm -hmm. messy because that's who we are <laughs> Spill that tea. It's for the love of glasses. <laughs> <laughs>